Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Big and Brown in Clee Town. I am Big, that's Chris, and this is my buddy Ro. I'm Ro, I'm brown. Why are you brown? I'm not sure, you know. I I, I, I want to be white. Why? And, no, why? And I want to be black too. Because, what? Yeah, I want to be a bit of everything. I, well, but it just so happens that I'm... Embrace brown. who you are, baby. But you're beautiful who you are. Oh, don't get me wrong, but I'm not saying... I mean, the glasses I, need some help. Your glasses are a little yeah. something else. But everything else, you have so, a wonderfully shaped head. You got a good bot. Come on, man. What's going on? Some other glasses. Well, just a little bit. I went to Canada to get these glasses. Yeah. Because it was free. What? My, girl, my, my girlfriend at the time was yeah. Canadian. And she said, hey, I'll hook you up with some free glasses. So... We gotta fix that over here. We gotta get some free, uh, free stuff in the in the states in Cleveland. Well, yeah, you know, medical stuff's uh, yeah. completely out of control. But holy crap, what a segue! What a, what a what a what a tangent already. Uh, we're here to talk mostly about food and drink, lifestyle, fun in Cleveland. Um, my friend Ro here uh, came into my life very recently, and we have so many things in common, and it's just a lot of fun to get together. And uh, mostly we talk about food and drink, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see where it takes us. The uh, little east side, west side. Little, east yeah, he side. knows more about the east side than I do. I know, I know more about Tremont. Actually, I don't leave Tremont too much. Uh, we both live in the same townhouse complex now. But um, as we grow, as uh, the podcast grows, we'll find out more about Cleveland. And uh, because this is our very first podcast, I think it's important for everybody to know what brought us here. Or, uh, or, or our first bullet is, um, as we say, why Cleveland? Why Cleveland, Ro? Why Cleveland? For me, uh, personally, I've been here for 25 years. Uh, I went to College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio. Got a job in uh, Akron. And then um, progressively, I moved towards Cleveland. I like Cleveland because it's just a, it's just a good place, good location in between Chicago and New York. You can sit in that car, you can just five and a half hours, you're in Chicago, seven and a half hours, you're in New York City, and, and lots in between. And it's, it's laid back. I love it. Uh, good people. I've got a few good friends. 25 years. So I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you don't anticipate leaving Cleveland. No. No. I mean, uh, what, what personally about Cleveland is, is it that you like the best? I mean, for me, since I moved up here, I am blown away by the cost of living. It's 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 a major metropolitan in my opinion, but it's very inexpensive to live here as compared to the, the horror stories I hear out of New York or San Francisco or or Miami or Chicago. So I'll give you an example. If you cross the bridge and you go to Tremont right now, you'll see condos for like half a million dollars, right? Well, let's clear that up. We are in Tremont, but we're in South Tremont. So my friends, we, 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 we no, that's fine. It's, we don't have to edit that out. My friend uh, who owns the coffee shop Civilization, her husband has, um, has has named where we live Sutre, South Tremont, with an apostrophe. So it's all fancy schmancy, right? But uh, we are still in Tremont. So we'll make sure anybody who's appraising our house knows that we are still in Tremont. It's still worth a lot of money. Okay, thanks. 
So anyway, let's go ahead and carry. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, condos in Northern Tremont, or, or, or even take Tremont out of the equation. Sure, uh, we can talk about like my, my my good friends who live in New York City, okay, or Chicago. Is everything over there so brutally expensive that I can go there every from Cleveland drive down, go there for a holiday every you know three months for a weekend, stay with them, have a great time, come back to Cleveland, just get back to what I'm doing over here, and then the key to living in Cleveland is you must have. You must take the initiative to go out and give yourself a great life. Life is not going to be great if you sit, sit at home and you live in Cleveland and you expect things to happen around you. You have to seek excitement, whatever your fancies desire. But there are things to do in Cleveland. There's lots no, no, of no, things no, no. to do in, in Cleveland. In Cleveland too, right? Like if you, because we live by the water, right? Sure. How many of you guys really go out to the water? Tell me the truth. Allison and I every now and then go down to Edgewater and dip our toes in. Okay. Know, we're not exactly swimmers, but we like to see so, the so, coast. So, I, so the first many, many years, I'd never stepped out by the water, right? Till I met this guy who used to be a, a, a kayak guy. Yeah. He used, to, used to have kayak tours, kayak sunset kayaks, blah, blah, blah. And I did sign up for one of uh, one of the tours, not with him, but in general. And it was fantastic. I, I never even thought of doing such a thing. Um, so there's lots to do. Uh, in and around Cleveland and even outside if you actually just take the time and plan it out. So, have you been to a show in Playhouse yet? Yes. You have? Yes. We have not, and I feel terrible. So I went uh, 10 years back. I went ten to a show 10 years back. back. Yes. That's the last time I went there. Oh, my God. We're terrible. Uh, so I like this 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 really nice woman who whose, whose dad was one of the members of the Playhouse, so he would get free tickets. And she took me to watch um uh, italian opera with the opera was like so long that it had a half time in between but we, we, we stepped out and had a drink it had an intermission intermission yeah yes but it was the most boring thing i've ever done in my life <laughs> and i'm like and i i couldn't stop yawning and i'm like you know what it's not my thing i just don't like plays but it's fantastic atmosphere ambiance people dress up it's just fantastic to be a part of something but i personally don't uh, appreciate well perhaps uh, it was the selection of what was being shown oh i agree the I op mean, opera was too it's it was too uh, i think there's a big difference between an italian opera and say the book of mormon mm -hmm. or hamilton or something like that i, I have seen a few plays in new york so yeah you're right you're right well you know i have never been and i feel i feel terrible about it i should have taken my wife there a long time ago but um you know what uh you know things on the horizon maybe uh remedy that very soon so there's a great bar next to it called bin 216. Yes, yes, there is a great bar named Ben 216. Shout out to my boy David Haynes. He runs that bar. Uh, yeah, it's a great bar. It's Good a lot of fun. And, is, and, yeah. and honestly, in my opinion, I think it's the aesthetically most beautiful bar I've ever seen. It's It's got this wonderful Art Deco aviator vibe. It's just really, really good. Um so you you kind of laid out that you came here, you were a student, and then just you know what it just worked. And and you said, you know what, I'm not gonna go anywhere else. But you've traveled across the United States. A lot, yeah. And you always return back to Cleveland. Yeah, it's always, I always feel like it's so comforting to come back home to Cleveland. Uh, and it's just great. It's easy access. You can go from, you know, whether it's east side or west side, wherever you want to go within half an hour. You know, you can go from Mayfield Heights to Rocky River and cross the, the whole, you know. So um, I just find everything very easily um, comforting and very easy access to everything and uh, minus a lot of the traffic and expenses so you know for me what the, the thing that i say that i that i defend or the, that i endorse about cleveland the most is that 
Cleveland is big enough to have everything you want, but it's small enough that you don't feel overwhelmed. It's like a it's like a Chicago Junior. You know, if you want to go buy a Lamborghini, you can buy one in Cleveland. If you want to go to the beach, you can go to the beach in Cleveland. If you want to get, you know, a certain kind of food, you're going to find it in Cleveland. But it's not to the point that there are 25 million people in a 10-mile square radius like there is in, in New York or L.A. It just, it's not so overwhelmingly huge that, you know, you don't have these, you know, six-hour traffic jams like you do in, in, in Washington, D.C. or Atlanta. And, and, and to me, it's still the people are still, they're still down to earth. They haven't embraced some big city, big shoulder culture. And, and, and they're still very much with that whole my back's against the wall, Cleveland versus everybody. And so if you embrace Cleveland, they embrace you. And, and it's just a beautiful thing. You know, the, <clears throat> the very first person I met when I moved here was a, a gentleman named Tom Kowalski. And he was shoveling snow outside of a veteran's bar in Tremont. And I, I didn't know him from Adam. And I said, uh, you know, hey, sir, I see the sign there. I, did, I didn't know what a Polish Veterans Alliance was. I said, uh, is that like a VFW? Because I'm a veteran. I, I would love to. I need to find a new veterans jo uh, a joint. And he goes, well, sort of. You know, it's for Polish veterans. I said, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm not Polish. He goes, well, do you like to drink? I said, well, yeah. He said, you're going to fit in just fine. I said, okay. <laughs> this guy was the most welcoming, most charming man ever. And uh, the very first day, I got my nickname, Tennessee. And every time I'd walk in that bar, you'd hear it thunder across about Tennessee. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody knows I'm here. So um, so what, anyway. what made you move? I got a job. Uh, you know, I had no, I literally had no, no idea, no um, goal of moving to Cleveland. There was nothing in Cleveland I wanted, and I was of the mindset of the entire country that Cleveland was was a joke, and I was very wrong. But um, <clears throat> I was a non-traditional college graduate, and my internship at my alma mater when I was 35, after I graduated, found me an opportunity here in Cleveland. And hey, man, when the student loans call, start calling, you got to pay, right? <laughs> so hey, I, I couldn't find a job in my home. I couldn't find a job in Nashville. So this one said, hey, we'll take you. How long have you been? How long? Almost seven years now. Nice. And, and I, have no, I have no goal of leaving. I love it. I don't want to go anywhere else. I mean, the cost of living is low. I have a nice house. I have great neighbors. I have, and you got four, four seasons. Uh, well, you know what? I would, say, I would say four seasons, but it's been winter for about 14 straight months right now. We are mired in the longest winter I can remember here, 17, 18. So... Uh, if there is anyone who has any influence over this and you can change it for the love of God, I'll give you my first two children. Take this winter away, please. Oh my God. There's been the longest winter. So yeah, but four seasons is absolutely important to me. Um, I mean, the weather is colder than I'd like, but it's not so cold. I can't handle it. And we don't get snow like folks in Buffalo and stuff do. I mean, I, oh. heard, I heard about snow in Cleveland, but when I saw Buffalo snow, I'm <laughs> So when Cleveland's so, fine. So when I was um, dating um, my ex girlfriend in uh, Toronto, like I just told you, I would, I would go there. I got my free glasses thanks to her, like a couple of years back. Yeah, uh, I would drive through Buffalo, and if you have seen, if you have think, if you think you've seen snow in Cleveland, you haven't till you get to Buffalo, right? They don't joke when they say one feet of snow. It's seriously one feet of snow. It's not like uh, ten inches. I mean, or like seven inches. It's like and more and we I 
when I would uh, drive sometimes uh, over um, over winter to Toronto, it was outright scary. The snowflakes, um, I mean, they're just massive. It's just different. It's a different snowfall, if, if you will. Uh, now, now, when you, you lived in India, what sort of, I mean, did you live in a, in a, in a tropical climate? I mean, so, so, so this, just so everyone knows that I came here when I was 18. Yeah. Um, so it's been, of course, many years now, but, um, when I, when I came here in 18, when I was 18 years old, I had no internet. We had no internet in 95. I came here in 95. If you come from, I, I live in the tropics. Uh, there was monsoons and there was, uh, three weeks of winter, which was very nice spring weather, uh, if you will compare. And it was hot. It was so hot that imagine you're in a sauna for six months of the year, not in a sauna, in a steam room, not sauna. Sort of the same. Sauna's dry heat, steam. Sure. It's Either way, just gross. Gross, yeah. Sweat. So, and, and you and I will not be able to survive uh, 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 India's summer, just so you know, uh, without air conditioning. You will die right where you are standing. Right? <laughs> I mean, you, will, you will fall within like hours. But so when I came here, it was just that um, the Four Seasons was fantastic for me. Uh, something new. I had to get used to dressing in layers for winter. Right. Uh, the first uh, couple of winters, I did not know that. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it was cold. But I got used to that. Once you can, once you know how to like get by with uh, dressing, you can seriously enjoy, of course, winter, summer, of course, you can enjoy. And then um, the, my worst month in Cleveland is the last weekend of August. And why is that? Is it it's hot? Too steamy. It's too, it reminds me it's traumatic. <laughs> it's to remind you. It's like, it, 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 yeah, because it's, it, it's that balmy 89 oh, with, the, with the, you know, 60% humidity. Yeah. You know, but take a trip back down to Alabama in, in, in August and, and, and see what happens. See how much it reminds you then. Because hey, so how's Tennessee like? In it's stupid. Hot, it's stupid. stupid. It's just so stupid. You know, summer starts like May 1st. And it goes until November fifteenth, and it's you know eighty percent humidity. You wouldn't think so, you know. It's so far from oceans or whatever, but Tennessee is humid and hot. Can and you enjoy that? But somehow, I, I mean, you can as long as there's not a heat wave or something, you're fine. But it just seems like more and more, it's just so freaking hot. You know, if if you have a professional job and you walk out of the house at you know seven thirty in the morning in your tie and your jacket, or as soon as you walk out of the house, you're sweating, and it just it's stupid. Just so stupid. I love Tennessee with all my heart. And anybody out there who's listening, let me know. I mean, I, I love Tennessee. But screw that weather. That's stupid. I hate it. I hate it. And that's one reason why I'm not in a hurry to go back home. I miss mom, but... What's your favorite time uh, of the year in Cleveland? In Cleveland? Probably uh, either... Yeah, probably October. Um September, October, you know, the when fresh, fo- crisp, uh, yeah, when the, the when the first little crisps, uh, the first little the 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 promise of some cool weather comes in, you know, September, October, you know, when the when the leaves are changing and and football's ramping up, and that's that's my favorite time of year, no matter where I am, yeah. is is when football season starts, and you know, oh, I'm, I'm gonna dig my leather jacket out, and I'm gonna make a pot of chili, and, and oh, it's time to get some uh, mulled cider on the stove. That, that that's that's the time I like because that's the uh, gearing up for the holidays. You know, it's like, and man, this this is like four months of just holidaying and celebrating and being with your family and feasting, and I love that so much. It's just it it's my favorite time of year. I mean, not even close, not even close. So, so Cleveland has a lot to offer, you know, arts, fun, you know, environment. You have lots of things you can do if you're an outdoorsman. If you're into dining, you sure have a lot of options. Um, 
Uh, so that that brings me to our next point, uh, Ro. What is your favorite place in Cleveland? The Brown Stadium. First Energy Stadium? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, I just yeah. All, all the to go watch them lose. Just go to watch them. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You and sixty-seven thousand people just miserable, cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worse. It's worse. What the hell is it, it, wrong with you? Because every 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 Monday I wake up and I hope it's going to be different next Sunday. But I but mean, it won't ever. I, I cannot I cannot comment. I can't say anything because I want to say no, it won't. But you know, you know, being a Browns fan, it, it is going to be the same way no matter what they say, right? <laughs> but uh, boo. So I like that. I mean, I've got many other places I like. Actually, my favorite place in Cleveland is actually Whiskey Island. Okay. If you've ever if you've ever been there, yeah. I'd never I've been there. I'd never been there. For I mean, whatever. it's really not even an island, is it? It's no, more no, like no. a peninsula. So I thought it was an island. So I would never even bother to look up where it's at because I'm not crossing um, any kind of bridge over, you know, I'm just not. Do you have bridgephobia? No, I don't know how to swim. So I'm always scared of crossing any like small bridge. And that's, that's I've got a fear of phobia of elevators, snakes, and anything that's over water. Now, well, there's can, no alligators in Cleveland. No, but, but dude, if you, if you, I'm, I'm going to sink like a, I'm going to sink like a rock. Why? Yeah, I don't just know, kick I, your feet. I don't know how to swim. No, just, dude, it doesn't work that way. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't, don't even get there. But uh, Whiskey Island was fantastic. We have a little spot over there. We go there in summers. I put my iPad on with my YouTube TV, watch like you know any game that's on, football, whatever. And I hate the sand. I love the beach, but I don't like being all like, you know, the sand. Absolutely, it's gross. So if you go to Whiskey Island... Uh, you see the lake in front of you. There are these big trees with shade, and you can go right under the shade. I mean, it's just it's just something that I I place I like. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been there, you should check it well, out. I've been there a time or two, and and it's a nice place to walk right up to the um to the to the shore of Lake Erie. Um, I wish that they would do something with the Coast Guard station out there. You know, just fix it up. Are you familiar? Yeah. So at the so, very end of Whiskey Island, yeah. you can walk out down the pier, and there's the Coast Guard station. Well, and my my my, uh, and I should probably this is for a different. Topic for a different time, though. But uh, you know, if you really want to change Cleveland's uh, lakefront, you just have to do one thing, and that's to like get rid of that stupid airport. Oh well, that's that's been in the news most recently. They're talking about this 450 acres of unused property yeah. for the ultra rich, and and uh, the the I Cleveland mean, scene is attacking that right now with Sam Allard leaving the uh, leading the charge. And wow, could you imagine if they transform that into something? Yeah. So I mean, at some point, in, at some point in time, you know. You, you have to just uh, think of the potential of how it could change the whole uh, the city uh, scape, right? Yeah, I mean, there's 200 people right now who are benefiting from it when there could be nearly 2 million. And in all honesty, like, you know, I, I think they can do away with that airport. It's not like the most busiest hub. Or no, it's there. not. It's only private jets that take off there. So forget them people. I ain't got that money. Do you? No. Not yet. Uh, besides the Whiskey Island and the Brown Stadium, I've got a few other favorite spots, though, which is um, love the new flats. The new flats is like makes you feel so much different from the old flats. Now, you may not have been to the old flats, but I, I haven't have... been to the new flats. Oh, you haven't? No, I suck, man. I don't go anywhere. We, we got to get that. I, I stay in Tremont. I love Tremont. I got to show you the flats. Flats is good. Little Italy. You've been there? Yes, I have. I went there during the feast uh, one time. And um, one time is all you need to go for the feast because the feast is crazy. It's shoulder to shoulder. It's hot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, hey, you know what? It's a fun time, but buddy, if you don't know a bunch of people there, just uh, ugh, holy crap! It's I got the worst sunburn. I sweat all over the place, and I spent a bunch of money. So, I had some good food though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, been there one time. Parking is a problem, but let me ask you. Take uh, the RTA. The RTA drops off right there. That's what we did. How is Taste of Tremont? I've never been to Taste of Tremont. <laughs> I will this year because I moved to Tremont this year. So well, Taste of Tremont is um, insane. Uh, Thirty thousand people up and down Professor Avenue. Um, they block the street. Up. Oh yeah! Oh, without question, they have to. It's nothing but wall-to-wall people. Is it uh, one day or is it? It's just one day. You know, it's always on a Sunday, which is kind of bad because you know you're going to be hungover as hell. There's just drinks after drinks after drinks and food everywhere, and you know, wait, you can drink outside. Oh yeah, they they basically make the entire street a uh, a drinking area. You know, the the police are there, but they're very lax. And they're like, hey, you know, just have a good time. And people are there with their dogs and their families, and and it's just wall to wall people. And there's bands everywhere, and there's entertainment everywhere. There's food. You know, all of the venues in Tremont, whether they're on Professor Avenue or not, set up a um, an outdoor cooking area um to just highlight some of the things they do or just to say hey this is who we are some of the places uh will cook things that they don't serve but that's really not that important it's just generating um, knowledge or generating awareness for their for their location so <clears throat> but it's just crazy it is it's it's absolute insanity you know like i said 30,000 people up and down the street drinks flowing do they have um local um how how's the food stall set up? Well, it's all the it's all the the, the restaurants of Tremont. Okay. Or in the the immediate vicinity, there might be a couple that are on the outskirts of Tremont too. But there'll be like um other people to set up uh, uh stalls too. The, the Browns will be there. A couple of car dealerships will be there. Okay. okay. Um so the Cleveland match. Clinic will be there, you know, with some sort of something awareness. The Christmas Story House sets okay, up. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So for a person who's going to go to uh, taste of three month for the first time yeah how do you plan a day and how do you enjoy well for you you live right near so you can walk that's but, what someone who doesn't live close well by. someone who lives in a, doesn't live close by they have shuttles that will run um you know you really need to look at first of all there's a taste treatment website so check that out you know a plan ahead make sure that you're hydrated that's very important make sure you're hydrated uh you know whether you drink alcohol or not make sure you're hydrated because it's always hot it's always hot regardless. The sun's beating down off the asphalt. And um, look into RTA. You know, RTA is going to be your solution. You cannot park and walk. You just can't. A lot of the folks who live in the neighborhood will offer up their garage, their driveway, but they're looking at 20, 30, 40 bucks. And if you got that money, then it's fine. Have fun with that. Just bring a lot of cash. There will be ATMs, but uh, every place has cash. Uh, be patient. There will be lines, you know. It's um, mostly the people who come are from the suburbs, you know, 30 miles and within. And they're trying to find out, you know, all the places that they don't get to come to on a, on a regular basis. So all of us who are in the know, the neighborhood folks, we usually throw our pre-taste at treatment parties. You know, we're, we're at a party at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're having mimosas. We're having, you know, brunch. We're having uh, appetizers. And then we'll go out in the fray for the first hour or two you know, maybe three, and then we'll seek refuge in a few of the secret spots that I will not share. I'll share them with you off the air, but not here. And then um, then we're home by four and asleep because it's debauchery on a whole nother level. <laughs> last year, there was a huge storm, I remember. There was a last year, taste of Tremont, five o'clock, six o'clock, there was the biggest storm ever. And 
So well, my, I, I couldn't tell you because I'd be asleep by that time. I promise you. So, uh, do they have everything is outdoors? Nothing is indoors, right? Everything's out pretty much. Well, I mean, the the venues on the on the actual strip they're, they're open. Okay. okay. Um, and some of them are quote quote open, but not open for Joe Blow. They're open for Tree Monsters. So that it's kind of good to be in the know and to, to expensive. To, How much cash would you get? Uh, no, it's not terribly expensive. But you, I mean, it depends on how many people are with you. If you're a family of five or six, then it's going to be a little bit more than if you're just a couple of folks walking around. I mean, the food's not. It's not 60, gouging. Sixty bucks. Oh, sixty dollars. Yeah. You can eat just fine. You know, if you don't drink, sixty dollars is more than enough. Yeah. But the thing is, you, there's T-shirts and there's art and there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can get. So it's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, is the band all day thing? No, the no. Band? There's bands, and I don't mean in one place. They're all over the joint. There's bands everywhere. I mean, uh, Dante himself, Dante in his parking lot, has he he takes his entire parking lot and turns it into a carnival. So he has carnival games and attractions, and not rides, but he has bands and he has you know like you know ring toss and various little food. You have to see it, you know, it's Taste of Dante, he calls it. And then you go a little farther, and there's a big tent uh, next to XY or whatever. And um, <clears throat> there'll be a band there, and you go a little farther, and then there's a, an enormous beer uh, beer garden. So and basically, it's just a, it's a big, the whole town kind of like closes down. Well, all tree, well, at least all of um, East Tremont does. Yeah, Professor for sure. You just can't get around. It, it's, it's, it's just a great party. It really is. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I hope you have a great time um, because I'm sure you'll be with us early in the day, whatever little pre-party we have, and then you can do whatever you want. But I promise you, my wife and I will be home by three and asleep. And the best place to get information is on online. Tasteoftremont.com. Okay. I think it might and be tasteoftremont.org. August, right? Just Google it. No, it's in July. July. It's always in July. Okay. Yeah, yeah, always in July. So that brings me to my favorite uh, place in Cleveland but uh, we'll come back to that after a short break alright we're back on Big and Brown in Cleetown uh, I'm Big uh, hello Brown yes are you sure you didn't sound like you were sure. <laughs> I'm denial. You're in denial? Yeah. Why? Because I just would like to be white. No. No, no, we talked about this. No. I'm joking. No, you have a wonderful, you know, amber shade of brown. It's just yeah, I mean, a it, very lovely it, melanin. It's somewhat exotic. It is very exotic. Uh, it gets boring after a while. Bull crap. You take that down to some well, you know, cracker town, dude. You're you're exotic. You're forbidden fruit. I think of Michael Jackson and I, and I, and I go back to like, I'm just happy in my skin. Well, which Michael Jackson? The white one or the black one? That, exactly. So, Well, um, there you go. <laughs> you, nobody knows which one you are. <laughs> so when we last left you, we were talking about our favorite places in Cleveland. And then I was about to tell everybody what mine was. And then uh, my buddy Roe had to take a break. Um, he, he smokes Marlboro Blacks. Ultralights. No, blacks. I'm just kidding. It's not good for you. I, I don't think I should. It's not good for you. It's not. It's it's uh. It's not good for you. As I take another sip of my eighth vodka of the day. Um. Yeah, smoking is. We all know it's not good. I. No, it's not good. I try and just not think about it too, too often. Something. Smoking is is more glamorized in India than it is in the United States, isn't it? So if you go to India or if you go to like any uh, Far East Asian uh, places like uh, Korea, Japan, China, um, 
smoking is a way of life i mean it just it just there's no bad good it just it is what it is and you and i can't think of too many people that don't smoke when i go there this cigarettes and it's very interesting and other stuff too which um sometimes i think it's not a bad thing i'm talking about weed well i mean oh well you know the long and the short of it is something's going to kill you eventually yeah i mean uh, smoking is not the best i mean i I'm glad that I don't smoke. My mother smokes. I wish she didn't, but um, you know it, what? It, it's not so much. It's not so much the, the the smoking that that's bad. It's 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 of course it's bad. But people who are, who smoke are in denial. But it's the smell of cigarettes that I don't. That well, I don't. that's the biggest turnoff for me. You know, uh, there. In fact, uh, after they finally passed those laws where you know you can't smoke in bars, it, it was such a it was such an awakening moment for me to come home from going out. You know, and I'm still not a smoker and never have been, never will be, but. My clothes didn't smell like, like goddamn. That's what my, oh, my smell. Sure. That was just awful. So the good thing about uh, having that smoking ban come like ten years back or whenever that was was, smokers like me, uh, smoked much less because before I remember I would, I've been on a plane that you could smoke in planes when I first. Oh, I remember that as a child. Yes, I was, remember that. It was it was hor- horrible. It's hell. Yeah, because uh, it's just that firstly, if you're smoking, uh, the the cabin pressure and everything else is so dry as it is and. I don't know how they they were okay with it for like centuries or decades or not centuries, but like my wife's family lives in Kentucky, and Kentucky is one of those places that still has smoking in restaurants. Even and, now, yes, now, 2018, and in, bars in bars, yes. And so uh, we were re- recently visiting, and um, her um, her mother's boyfriend says, you know, let's go to this great place. They have great cheeseburgers. You know, there's good jukebox. I'm down for that. You know, good. I love a dive bar. I love a dive bar, especially if they have good food. And um, so we went. You know, it was just only a couple of miles from this place. I'm super excited to go. This is great. And uh, we pull up, you know, gravel driveway. I said, man, this looks like the kind of bars I grew up in, you know, because that, that's what I did in Tennessee. I, I used to hit them. And, uh, you know, I can hear the music. And you know, I can, you know, looking at the glass door, I can see, look at the folks. And, man, it's just a level-headed bunch of folks. I open the door, and that wall of smoke hit me. I was the first one on the door. I put one foot in. I turned right around. I told everybody behind me, we're leaving. It was so bad. It was the worst thing I've ever smelled in my life because it had been so long since I've been in a bar that had smoking. Oh, my God. It was just a wall now, do of they have, gross. Do they have, like, smoking sections? No. Not? In the restaurants, they have smoking sections. But in bars, it's just wherever you want to go. That's crazy. Man. Oh, my it's, it's It's so hideous. And I can't remember, as a younger person, how I put up with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go to Vegas, I think they still you can still smoke around. So yeah, but Vegas has industrial super yeah smoke scraper vents or something. Yeah. It just all goes straight up, and you can't even smell it. So that that brings me back. We were going to talk about my favorite place in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You said your favorite place yeah, somehow uh, was First Energy Stadium. Yeah, Brown, somehow Brown Stadium. Wow, just I just love that place. Just it's good for you. It, it's almost like when I go there, I'm. I'm in a different world altogether. Yeah, you're in a different world. You're in a world of losing. It's <laughs> terrible. So about my favorite place. Yeah. The West Side Market. Oh, yeah. Nice. Tell me tell me all about it. Well, I don't go near as often as I should. Um, because it's... Truth of the matter is, it's so popular. If you don't get there when it first opens, then you're out of luck. Because it is so much chaos. It's shoulder-to-shoulder people. And you really you 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 can't even browse because the wall of humanity pushes you past all of the stalls. 
But if you get there, especially during the weekdays, like on a Monday or a Wednesday when they're open, and you go early, and, and all of the purveyors have all their best goods out there, it's, it is just a mecca of grocery shopping. You get so inspired to cook and to and to want to think about something that you can maybe make and maybe there's something you've never seen before and you talk to the person behind the counter and they tell you all about how to prepare it and 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 this kind of lends to the um to the overarching point of why I wanted to make this podcast about lifestyle and cooking and drinking you know this is you know the two favorite things that I like to do is cook eat and drink and I've been drinking enough that that's three things and so I said two things either way there's a boo for me right there. Yeah. So um, I go there. I get inspired. I see vegetables I've never seen sometimes. I see fruits I've never seen. I see cuts of meat I've never seen. I have um, been there. And I, I there's a man who sells flavored hummus. And, and some, of the, some of the best things I've ever put in my mouth came from, from his stall. And, and, and I just, I don't know. I, just, I go there and it's just, it's sensory overload. So, so how does it work? I mean, do people just fresh? I mean, what's the concept? I mean, are these all individual sellers? Have you not been? Not been there, but I'm going to pretend I've never been there for the sake of this podcast. And well, each stall, for the most part, each stall is a specialized grocer. There's a man who sells meat. In some cases, there's a man who sells beef. In some cases, there's a man who sells pork. Um, there's uh, a lady who sells cheese. Some of the greatest cheese. You, I mean, cheese you never heard of. Um, spices you never heard of. Um, and then there are people who sell prepared foods. Would this candies. be like GMO free, like GMO free necessarily? Or is it? Oh, well, I mean, no, it depends. Yeah. I yeah. suppose. I mean, but that's, they're, they're, they're Defi- what, what does GMO mean to uh, you? What does it mean to me? Literally, what does it mean? What does GMO stand for? First of all, um, but let me answer your first question first. Uh, that'll answer the second question. Uh, for me, GMO-free means you're eating stuff that has no shit in it. Okay. And I don't know what GMO, GMO means. Does it stand for like gro- genetically modified something? Growth hormone, growth hormones or whatever the hell. But uh, I mean, for me, it's not a big you know deal. What? I have a laptop right here. Let me just look up and see what, exactly what it means. But you talk while I look this up. No, so I mean, the, my experience of uh, Westside Market is uh, is 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 fantastic. Uh, I always go there close to closing time. And I always walk walk down the the, the the aisles, and they always kind of like sell you like two for one, five for five for four, and I just throw in like, no, I'll take like um, six for two. And oh yeah, yeah the, the, the bartering stuff like that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the fun. best. Yeah, you can. Oh well, yeah, well, you know that's not a good enough. I, you know, if you throw in a head of garlic, yeah, they're like, okay, that's fine, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And so, next thing you know, you think you've got a great deal, and you th- hand over thirty bucks, and you get four pieces of produce. Yeah, like wait a minute, what's happened? Yeah, no, but, I mean that's not always that way, but that's it's it's a good it's a good uh, good experience though. All I mean, right, can... GMO, genetically modified organism. Hmm. Well. How do you modify genetics? Uh, I have no idea. Crossbreeding? All I'm saying is that I think GMO is an overused term. And, yeah. and people hear the word GMO and they think it's bad. But if you were to take an Angus cow and then crossbreed it with a... I, I literally don't know too many cow breeds, but we're going to say a Herefordshire dairy cow. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but that's a GMO. You have modified its genetic oh, okay. makeup because you crossbred two cows. So it actually won't kill you, though. 
I mean, it won't necessarily... No, of course not. I mean, there's not a mad scientist with a scalpel going into <laughs> DNA. Now, in some cases, there are. Uh, but but the, but the long and the short of it is people, I, in my opinion, they, they talk about this GMO stuff and they, they, just, they just really get it blown out of shape. You know, all I want is just a good vegetable and a good fruit and a good piece of meat. Now, I don't want something that's been beefed up with steroids, but if you bread it to a certain way that the cow got bigger or the cow got fatter and tasted better or you fed it in a certain way that it tasted better, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear something about, you know, well, GMO, the you only can thing... have GMO, it's organic. You know, when I hear that, I say this. The only, the only thing I agree with you, and the only thing I can uh, I can kind of somewhat relate to is we have a person at work, a lady at work, sweet lady, who has uh, all these chicken um, at home, and then she every, every now and then she'll give me like a dozen eggs. That's nice. And... Those eggs are just so fantastically tasty because it, the yolk is different. It's it's richer. It's yellower. And if I go to a, a Dave's supermarket or Giant Eagle or whatever, the, the eggs, you know, I'm not complaining because I don't know any better, but it's fine. But definitely there's a big texture difference. That is that a psychosomatic response? What do you mean by that? I mean... Do you feel like they taste better because they came from um, an individual, or do you well, like know a, that they like taste a placebo? Yes, like a placebo. yes. Um, I don't know. We have we have to do an experiment where we get one a of a double blind survey. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We gotta do something. You know, like I like that. to cook. Yeah, so I'll get those eggs. We and you, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely put that to test. I like that. Okay, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. Coming back to your favorite places, Besides, yeah, Westside Market. You know what? Just, just you get on there. I get inspired. I just, I, I've never seen, when, when where I grew up, I never saw anything like that. It was always just a grocery store, no matter where I went. And, and there's nothing wrong with grocery stores. I still use a grocery store for most of my shopping. But when I went to Westside Market the first time, I was just blown away. Um, a lot of it has to do with my upbringing. And, and I don't know if this is silly, but I would watch Sesame Street as a child. And um, when they would do their little cutaways of people going to different markets, Someone would go to the cheese shop or someone would go to the butcher. I, that Those things didn't exist in Tennessee. You went to the supermarket, and that's all there was. You, you went to the supermarket, you got your groceries. Whereas these people in my childhood that I watched on TV, they went to, you know, their moms went to individual shops to get bread and to get vegetables and to get meat. And I thought that was fascinating. And the first time I came up here and I was able to go to a specialized person for bread and cheese and meat and dairy and and and, and, and produce Oh my god! It was it was it was a cathartic yeah, moment. Boy. It was yeah, beautiful, sure. and, and the heavens opened up. It was wonderful. I loved it so much. I could not have been happier. Yeah, it's a good experience. But it's still a pain in the ass to go there. If you can't get there on Monday or Wednesday morning, it's gonna be. It's like it's like it's it's like so, a, a Bonnaroo. It's yes. so so many people. So they did uh, fix the parking problem, though. You can park. Well, yeah, ninety minutes for free. Yeah, and then you have to pay like a dollar an hour. A dollar an hour. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm stoked. First of all, I never spend that long in there anyway. But if even if I did a dollar, thanks. I'm happy. I yeah. spend five dollars. I don't care. Yes, yeah, good. But they did they did improve the parking before was horrendous. Well, the problem was people going down there and then they're just heading up and down West Twenty Fifth and. The long and the short of it is those people probably don't care about a dollar or two or three or four anyway because they're going to a town hall and they've got a little bit of disposable income. Yeah. I mean, 
you, you should go there definitely. Any any other places besides Westside Market? That I mean, it's as it's my absolute favorite place. Um, I think that I would love Playhouse Square. Um, you like it? It's a great. Uh, I, I've been in there. I've seen the architecture. I've seen how beautiful, and I mean romantically beautiful, the the place is. It's so amazing. The 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 attention to detail, the the whole nineteen hundreds industrial revolution. Big money went into building these theaters, and they are something else. I'm just not a theater guy, mm-hmm. but damn it, I respect the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! If I was a theater guy, I would be in. I'd be in heaven. Do you know anything about the chandelier that's on the road and the? Crossing? Oh, the GE thing. It, it, it was donated by General Electric. You know, General Electric has an enormous uh, lighting center in East Cleveland. I don't know why they wanted to do it, but it's the world's largest outdoor chandelier. Oh, really? Yes, it is. That. Yes, uh, over East 14th and Euclid. And wow, has I mean, it been there for a while? No, I mean uh, uh, three, Recent? four years maybe. If, if it looks cool. I remember them putting it in. Yeah, it, it's yeah. really, really nice. I mean, you know, the most annoying thing about uh, downtown Cleveland that I personally find, which is actually, um, I think you would find that too if you drove, is that the freaking bus lanes. When you drive, there's one oh, the, lane for the, the bus. The, yeah, the bus, the RTA, and then you can't. You know, so well, I, I'm going to disagree with you because it's meant to be rapid transit, uh, rapid transit for the folks. Yeah, but I, wanna, I got a car. I want to be rapidly transiting myself in my car in two lanes. Well, they want you to take the bus. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, you know, what tough titties, as my mom would say, yeah. <laughs> tough titties. You know, you get nothing. So we we checked off our favorite places. Now, um, as we're going to move along. Um, what is Cleveland missing? You know what? We the only thing that I find Cleveland is missing personally because I would love to see Cleveland have a lakefront. Uh, they have a lakefront. Not lakefront. I mean um like a pier, like like Chicago pier. Navy. Oh, a Navy pier. Navy pier, yeah. Oh. Is that's the the one thing that that they're missing. Now I can tell you a few other things that I wish they'd done differently that would have really Helped Cleveland in many folds. That Brown Stadium should have had a roof. <gasps> no, 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 are no? Are you kidding? Yeah, the Brown. I'm a big Why? Fan, but yeah, it's it's because I think you could have had a lot more stuff going on. Could, should Green Bay have a roof? But Green Bay is not Cleveland, dude. No, Green Bay is way colder than Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, they don't. I mean, they just eat cheese and they watch football, and, and they, that's all they do all day. All okay, long, well, so. Cleveland drinks beer and they watch football, and that's all they do. But they want uh, the roof, so we don't have to. We lose anyway, so we. I want to be warm. Nope, uh, nope. No, I disagree. I disagree with you one hundred percent because cold weather teams should have their advantage playing outside. When Miami comes up here, when Jacksonville comes here, when Phoenix or Arizona, whatever the hell they are, or San Diego comes here. They should be at a natural so, disadvantage. So the, the 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 reason why I say that is that for six months of the year it's pretty cold in Cleveland, and I think eight the, months of the year, yeah, nine uh, months of the year. If you put a, put a roof on top in Brown Stadium, you can do like a Super Bowl. You can have a Super Bowl in Cleveland. You can have March Madness in Cleveland. You can do a lot of stuff that's sporting wise that I think we could have done in Cleveland. But I mean that's one of the things that. Cleveland is missing, in my opinion, it's one roof stadium and the Brown Stadium should be should have been roofed. Um, I I cannot disagree with you more. Uh, I, okay, it okay. absolutely needs to be exposed to the elements, just because that's the chaos that Cleveland embraces. You know, Cleveland has the like I said earlier, Cleveland has their back against the wall. 
Cleveland wants to be Cleveland wants to celebrate their misery. They say, like it. Yep. yeah, it's, yeah, it's snowing. Yeah, you know, the economy's bad. Yeah, we don't have jobs, but God damn it, we're Cleveland. And we're going to take it, and we're better than you because we can take it. You know, or, or, or along those lines, I literally have no idea. I've been here seven years. That's what I kind of think is happening. No, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, LeBron did the same thing a couple of years back. When he, you know, it, was, it was fantastic. When he, no comment. Um, he, wait, what do you mean by that? Um, I think I talk about LeBron because he might be leaving again soon. <laughs> Oh, he's done a bit though. Uh, but uh, I did go and uh, over lunch to see the plane land when they came back from winning the trophy with the Ultimate Warrior shirt. Yeah, I was yeah. there. We ran, we ran uh, in the airport and we um, um, we saw the plane land. It was fantastic feeling. It was just great. So, um, yeah. So I do do not disagree with you saying you know the spirit of the city should be. Um, somewhat portrayed in the stadiums, which, you know, I still think the roof should have been there. But anyway, uh, besides the Navy Pier and what I just mentioned, which I won't mention again because I don't want you to get all, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know, in, in my opinion, in, in, in my opinion means nothing because I'm just a, a white guy from Tennessee. No one cares what I think. I think LeBron should finish his career here. Look, he's got, what, what, what now four, three, three, four championships? What else do you need? Four, yeah. I think three. I mean, I, I understand he wants to chase the Jordan thing and, and have six, but seriously. We what? live in a different era right now from Jordan now. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, I, I don't believe he's going to leave anywhere. He might just, for his own, uh, he's big into, he's big into history books and he's big into like, you know, sporting, um, appreciating sporting legends. But he's very much into, um, he's very much into, general entertainment and i believe that los angeles is a natural draw that he may want to go to to continue his media career after he's done with basketball he can probably buy a whole team over there and just buy two or three teams probably yeah he probably can secure the financing i I would think so yeah i would back him i don't think he's gonna uh, go anywhere for next four or five years (laughs) i'm hoping that i don't know um so what do you think Cleveland's missing? You know what? I th- I've been thinking about this the whole time. I, I can't think of much, uh, except, except you know, um, I talked about earlier how much Cleveland has, you know, if you're in the culinary, Cleveland has it. But there are two things about Cleveland culinary scene that I cannot stand. And one of them is I cannot drink sweet tea at my dinner when I go to a restaurant which is probably better for me to be honest with you but it, you know when you go to when you go to the south and you have a meal it doesn't matter what the restaurant is what would you like to drink sweet tea yes thank you wait Absolutely. so so i've had sweet tea in, in almost any time i go out to eat over here Where? Hot, like um on the east side almost anywhere they have yeah is this some sort of flavored flavor. coconut yeah, yeah no 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 flavored no How, what's I'm different about how's different do i mean sugar tea water sugar period Oh, so you like the sweet, sweet tea? Dude, that's a southern thing. Oh, I it's, know I mean, that because you very... get you get tea and like no, ice tea. About, yes, ice, ice tea. tea. Yes, and I mean like a, a seventy-seven ounce cup full of uh, enormous, a, a big, huge cup of diabetes is what I'm looking for. Is that how they? That's how it is in the south. Oh, really? Absolutely. So they brew the tea every with... single restaurant. Name any restaurant in the south. It could be the most fine dining institution in the world. It could be it could be Morimoto meets Nomasan, and it could be a seven hundred dollar tab 
but they're gonna serve sweet tea. Oh, it's really? A, so yeah, absolutely. So I, I got I got iced tea mixed up with sweet tea. Different. Yeah, I mean it's different. But anyway, and then um, one thing I'm, it's 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 a very um bittersweet thing because breakfast here is insanely cheap. It's so cheap. You can go to almost any diner and they have like a two ninety nine special for three eggs, toast, potatoes. Like I, I, sure, I yeah. seriously yeah. have no idea how they make money. But the potatoes are always terrible, hmm. in my opinion. Hmm. Um, where so the hash browns would be different than stuff? It's the hash brown. It's Waffle House style hash browns. Waffle House is out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I have oh. no idea why in the world they can't figure out how to get these dehydrated potatoes. Because we found them at the... Honestly, Allison found them at um, at Walmart on the shelf. They're just dehydrated potatoes. You add a little water and they're beautiful. They're, they're the best breakfast potato in the world. And my man Ro is having a little hard time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna eat up some time. He's gonna go walk around, grab some water. That's not a big deal. So, but I want to give a couple of shouts out because I have some diners that I really really enjoy. Um, one of them I actually ate at this morning, George's on Trisket. What a fantastic diner! And I do mean efficient, a well-oiled machine. George's, inexpensive, friendly staff. And you know what? You you go to there and and you see the parking lot. It's totally full, and you're discouraged. And you're and you're like, man, I don't want to wait a half an hour to eat. And you walk in and there's still a table. It doesn't matter. There could be cars up and down the road park. There's always a table at George's. I can't figure out how to do it, but it's just absolutely the best. Um, also in that realm, um, Nick's on uh, on Lorraine. Nick's on Lorraine is very similar, smaller, uh, great, great food, just good diners, and it's always so inexpensive. How's Grumpy's? You see the silence. Okay. Um, answers, uh, well, look, there's always a big look, line. Look, well, yeah, there's always a big line. So apparently a million people love Grumpy's. I'm not one of them. I've been there. I, I've literally been there twice. Is it overpriced? Or is no, it- no. No, it, they're very friendly, very very friendly people. Very clean. Um, the decor is nice, but I have not enjoyed a meal there. Mm-hmm. When I say that, it means I've had two meals there and I didn't enjoy either of them. Um, and look, enough. I know I'm in. I know I'm in the rampant, and I do mean rampant minority, but I don't care for them. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I know they have to be doing something right to keep getting the business they get. So, um, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bring down a business owner. So, Grumpy's, I don't care for you. So, coming back to uh, what's Cleveland missing, um, is there anything else that you think? <clears throat> no. Hockey. Mm. I mean, seriously. I mean, don't you think Cleveland should have a hockey team? No, I mean they have the the triple A or what? No, I mean I think football, uh, basketball, um, baseball is is fantastic. You know, I think one of not too many cities that have all three major league, four major leagues. What's the fourth one? NHL. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Yeah, but hockey is not considered like the. <laughs> uh, Slow down there, wild man. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, that that's I, maybe I speak for the majority of Cleveland. Why don't you go to Nashville and tell them the hockey doesn't count? No, that's a great team you guys have. I mean, I do watch hockey, just so you all know. 
But um, I don't know. I mean, for the population that's around, I think three sports is a three sports would be good. I, I mean, think hockey would do very well here. They have, a, they do have a. a it's hockey, cold. They do have a hockey team, just so you know. The, oh, sure, a triple A or double A yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. But um, I couldn't tell you what it is. Lumberjacks. I think they're called lumberjacks. Because the timber industry is very big in Cleveland. Really? No. Right. No, I mean, why are you the Lumberjacks? I don't know. I, I don't know much about hockey. But no, so. well, I mean, I'm, I know a lot about... I, I don't know a lot about hockey either, but I know there's not much timber in Cleveland. I mean, maybe there was 200 years ago. There was a there was a hockey team in uh, Cleveland, uh, NHL hockey team in Cleveland for a long time. Really? They, I think it was called the Barons. The I, Barons? Yeah, I would have to Google that, I think. But they left a while back. So, uh, I mean, it's something that, I guess, doesn't fancy my imagination. Uh, hockey's fantastic for um, Olympic sport. I watch... Uh, the U.S. play, you know, in the Olympics, but well, don't you feel like there's a huge issue with that though? Because the hockey season for the NHL conflicts with the Winter Games, and so sometimes the players are released to go, and sometimes they're not. That's the unfortunate thing. I think that just sucks because uh, when you're in uh, the world under the world spotlight, right? In the Olympics, I would want us to send the best teams. Well, like they do with the NBA with the dream yeah. team, mm-hmm. yeah. But by all means, yeah, you go there and you win it, and then uh, it's just one of those things where I guess they don't want them to get hurt. hurt no, of course not. It's a, it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah, but so I, you, but it's not fair. I, I just, it's not fair. Yeah, I just think it's it's just uh, not cool. But no, no, it's not cool at all. In fact, in fact, it's all about this. All about the money. Always I, about the money. moved here seven years back what do you think uh what is your perception i was actually concerned um with the uh honestly the the rnc to my opinion was um was supposed to be the the pinnacle of of our success and then it kind of flopped and it wasn't cleveland that flopped it was the rnc that flopped so i don't feel like it got the national exposure it deserved and then you know i feel like there was a, a big tipping point in restaurants i feel like that everywhere you turned there was a restaurant opening and, and there's only so many people to go out to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of these restaurants are, are folding, and and can I hate you, that. Can you name a few real quick? No, no, actually, okay. I, okay. I don't. I don't want to call anybody out. Okay. Um, but anybody who listens will know. Anybody who knows anything about restaurants will know. But um, at the same time, just yesterday or the day before, uh, this week, in fact, there's a brand new development being built in Playhouse Square. Thirty-four stories of glass. Uh, brand new residential slash retail uh, facility being built in Playhouse Square. I think that Cleveland need to rein itself in and realize that the the growth won't be explosional. It won't be huge, but it's coming. People love Cleveland. People want to invest in Cleveland. And I feel like Cleveland had to rein in its... Where I'm from, they say they need to call its nuts. Say, you know... Hey, we're going to do this. Well, what you want to do isn't necessarily sustainable. Just because you're excited and you want to build a business doesn't mean the business you want to build is is something that Cleveland needs. And so with the with the super excited nature of Cleveland between 2014 and 17, there's a lot of stuff that's going to fail. 
but the the deeply seated stuff is going to grow it's going to grow and uh now there's a brand new enormous and i mean enormous skyscraper residential facility going up in playoff square and i think that uh, the dust has settled and um they're moving forward and in, in, in figuring out how to grow cleveland responsibly instead of emotionally does that make sense yeah i agree i mean uh moving in uh to cleveland downtown cleveland in november um i've seen so much new construction and there's so much new it's a good energy man if you walk around here it's you, you feel like you know a lot of people saying you know friendly people around and it's a it's a good place to be uh i don't know how it was uh, i've heard like you know 15 years back 20 years back or enough you know in the 90s and stuff it, it, things were not looking that good in downtown cleveland well let me tell you when, when i tried to move here you know I, I haven't been here near as long as you but i tried to move here seven years ago and i wanted to move downtown because i want to be near my work my work is near downtown and i couldn't find a place just there's nothing available they were all leased and uh even still, you know, you talk about the lease rate of of Cleveland, it's at 97, 98%. And so that's why all of these old, distressed, and abandoned places are getting rehabilitated because developers are seeing, man, I can, this is a $2,000 a month place. I can get, I can get two grand a month for 900 square feet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's big money. That's yeah. enormous. So who cares if it cost me two hundred fifty million to to rehabilitate this place? Because I'm making money back in three years. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's big. So for me, obviously, I had I couldn't I couldn't afford to, or I couldn't even find a place downtown. So um, to me, the real estate is the big litmus. You know, businesses come and go. But the real estate is is making its mark, and uh, this new tower that's going up in Playoff Square is huge, huge. Thirty four stories, glass. You know, um, talking about five hundred units or something like that. I'm 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 probably wrong, but yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead. Lending value to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, and what's around too. Like you know, I I feel like although places to eat. You know, whether it's like downtown, flats, Tremont. But what do you feel about the jobs? Um, jobs uh, in terms of they are bringing in a lot of IT anymore, just so you know. Um, my wife works for um, for IT firm downtown, and they three new global IT firms have moved into marketing firms have moved into Cleveland. And Cleveland is trying to compete with Pittsburgh now, just so you know. Pittsburgh is phenomenally progressive with what they're doing in terms of like, you know, moving away from the steel to like, you know, IT and different other fields. But my point is that when you ask me that question, what do you think about Cleveland as far as jobs go? You know, I don't know if you're asking me about blue collar jobs or part time jobs, but in terms of, uh, you know, what's trending, they're trying to definitely be in the right direction in, in getting the some of the right people in to try and um, develop um, at least some of the IT and the marketing uh, sectors. So is Cleveland on its way up or is it on its way down? Oh, for sure. For me, it's it's up. Not down at all. I feel the same way. I feel yeah. like Cleveland is going to explode. I feel like it's already grown. So let me, let me give you an example when I say this. So I worked in um, Akron downtown 
1998 or 99. I worked with the Akron Beacon Journal downtown, uh, and they had just opened up that uh, canal park, the base, AAA baseball <clears throat> stadium. The whole area downtown Akron was shit. I would be physically scared leaving my shift, which would be anywhere in 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. And then in 10 years' time, that area, if you go there to downtown Akron right now, it's fantastic. And it was fantastic by the time I moved out of Akron, like, you know, years back. I did spend, uh, I did work there for um, seven years and live in Akron, but I worked downtown every night because my office was downtown. And if you can use that small uh, example into this massive thing called Cleveland, it's going to take time, but I can only imagine it's going to go up the same way as Akron uh, kind of revived. Well, folks talk about, you know, the the area where we live. Um, if you, you talk to any Uber driver who talks about driving through Tremont, where we live, um, well, 10 years ago, I wouldn't come down sure. here. 15 years ago, I wouldn't come down here. And then you talk to the residents, so 15 years ago. So now, all of a sudden, this, you know, this neighborhood... Like like you were saying earlier, and it might not be on the recording, but condos, $600,000. $600,000 off of a plot that cost the developer $30,000. Mm-hmm. And the size is not grand. It's not no, big... no, it's not. But they go, they, they build up, <clears throat> not <throat> out. So you have a three or four story condo that's now six hundred, and in some cases even more. Mm-hmm. So is Cleveland on its way up? Yes. Is it on the uh, exponential scale that uh, some people would like it to see? No, but I think the city is very much on the way up. Yeah, yeah. very much on the way up. And you know, before I, before we move move on to any other topic, I gotta give uh, some credit to the energy that was brought in by LeBron James. I, I just his being here for the eight years, uh, and of course, a gap in between, or still being here. You know, it it added a sense of excitement of doing something, coming downtown to do something f- to watch him and the Cavs. And on the long run, I think in however you want to look at it, that I don't know what percent uh, uh, he had. Uh, you know, he was responsible for what percent of this uh, revival. But I, I'm I'm pretty positive when you look back many years from now. You know, do you feel like that in any way that when he left that it might have hurt? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I know so because I went for the games. I didn't pay for it, but I got tickets from uh, work to go and see Cavs game. And I, and, I, and I don't even like basketball. I stopped watching basketball after he left because it, it wasn't exciting. I'm a homer, so I like home teams. I don't watch any other. I don't, I'm not a fandom. Like, I don't appreciate basketball. I just like my home team and LeBron. I went for a game after a couple of years after he left, and I had been to many games when he was here because a friend of mine, I won't name him, but he gets the front row seats on by the court. So I've seen in its glory how exciting it is at the Cavs Stadium. When I went, when LeBron wasn't here, the stadium was not full at all. It was, we went there, we sat down, me and my friend Dave, we were like, what's going on? I don't, I, we couldn't recognize anyone because we didn't, we didn't watch basketball at the time. We walked all over the stadium, we walked right down, and then we sat in the, in the third row uh, because there was no one there in the stadium. And then halfway through the game, we're like, you know, dude, I don't recognize anyone. Let's, let's just go. And we left. So my point is, like, yes, uh, it was terrible when he left. There was, 
I, I, thank God he came back. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. You know, and that's a good stopping point because we're going to go to our final point of this podcast. And, and honestly, I'm overwhelmed at the amount of, uh, of content that we've created here and, and, and the honesty and just the, uh, the starkness of what we talk about. But you and I live in Cleveland and uh, I'm not going to go out too far on a limb and to say that we both love Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't live in Cleveland, where would you live? So if I didn't even live in Cleveland, I would live in only one place ever. It would be New York City. I've never been. It's the it's chaotic. It's chaos. It's it's expensive. It's expensive. All I think about when I hear about yeah. New York City is, look, I get it. There's so much shit, but it's so expensive. Yeah, but you get you get so many more opportunities to to do to make money too. Um, it's you got to hustle and it's bustle. So it would be tough to. It's a tough life over there. It's not glamorous. You have to work hard to 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 to. I'll tell you a funny funny story. Um, when I went to New York City after college to visit a friend of mine, I will name him. He lived in uh, Hoboken. Mm-hmm. I I was excited. I was young. I I know I'd never been to New York City. I was like, dude, I'm here. I went to his apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah, I could see the skyline across. Yeah. And we, I drove it, uh, no, I flew in, in the evening, whatever time it was. I'm ready to go. He goes, dude, uh, we can't go anywhere tonight because it costs $15 to cross the bridge. Too much. So I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, the only way to get to city is you have to cross this bridge and you have to pay $15. And I, I don't feel like spending $30 to. So immediately, I know exactly what you are saying right now. Uh, however, uh, having having been having been there, at least I go there two three times a year. Uh, I just drive down. We spend the weekend over there and come back. I mean, I know it's very expensive, but it's so fantastic that maybe I wouldn't like to live there, but at least go there three times a year, uh, and maybe I would live in uh, maybe in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be live in Jersey? Yeah, maybe I live in Jersey if, because you say that. But I would if I. I have, think you want to no, listen. I know you. You want to live in Jersey because you love Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's a good. That's a great point, man. That's that's fantastic. And that makes you a horrible person. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just because uh, there's a there's a there's a song he sings, and we can probably do a whole podcast on Bruce Springsteen. Uh, there's there's a there's a song he sings about Jersey girls. Yeah. And I just want to meet a Jersey girl. In reality, now in reality, like. Dude, the girl from Tremont or a woman from Tremont will be probably no different from a Jersey girl, right? No, I'll tell you, a Jersey girl is just angry and confident. That's all they are. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, I, that's I'm it. sure you can find <clears throat> an angry, confident girl in Cleveland, too. I've met several. Right. So, uh, But the fact that he said that he once, he went across to meet the Jersey girl... I won't. That's why I mean, I just fell in love with whatever he says. I, I fell, fell in love with. So yeah, someday I'll go to New York, and someday I'll meet a Jersey. Too too funny. Uh, yeah. Too funny. But yeah, New York, New York would be the place I would I would. What about you? I you know first of all I need I need to go to New York. I've never been. And, and you come and, with me. We just drive down. Well, I know you and I. You know we've talked so off the back air. We're, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna get your go iced tea into the back, and I'll just drive you down there. That's <laughs> my iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I gotta go to New York. I get it. But I've been to big cities. I've been to L.A. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Singapore. In fact, Singapore is one of my very favorite cities in the world. Singapore is amazing. Listen, if you're listening and you've never been to Singapore, plan a vacation. 
because that shit rocks. But don't don't spit the chewing gum. Don't listen. Just read the rules, okay? Because they'll whip your ass. Yeah. They'll whip your ass in public, naked with a bamboo cane. Knocked. If you spit spit the gum, that's it. Well, they don't sell gum. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <coughs> don't feed the birds. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, what a city! But um, the um, city that you would. I know, from. but look. You know what? The truth of the matter is that I've I've come to the realization that I do not care where I live now. I don't care at all. It's just I, I'm aiming toward I want to live when I'm done. And um, I could live anywhere. I, I could live in L.A. I could live in uh, Cheyenne, Wy- or Sh- wait, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Shanghai? No, no, not Shanghai, China. <laughs> well, I might could live there too, but uh, I could work and finish my professional career anywhere. But I'm aiming to where I want to retire. And at this moment, I want to retire in East Tennessee, where my wife's from. It's such a slow and beautiful and quiet place. And the uh, the landscape's so pretty. To see the Smoky Mountains, mm. you know, eight months out of the year, to see the mist rolling out of the mountains, and to be cool. And and every time I go there with her, and, and we go there because her family still lives there, every time I go there with her, I just, I feel so relaxed and at ease, and I feel like I don't have any problems. And if I could live near a creek, you know, or or a river in the, in the East Tennessee mountains or the West North Carolina mountains and just chill out, you know, as long as I got internet and some sort of access to ESPN. And some fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I'll just text you. You can tell yeah. me what's going on because, uh, you know, you give me terrible so advice wait, all the time. So, so, so wait, so, so we're talking about retirement life, though. That's a No, but see, that's a problem because... Because I I, would, no, no, you, I, I wouldn't want you're, to... No, 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 no. I know where you're going. And, and and you're right. I cheated by saying this. But the point is, is that I I really love Cleveland, but I don't think I would be unhappy in... Any place. Indianapolis or Chicago yeah, yeah. or New Orleans or Houston. I, I just think that I could be so happy as long as I'm gainfully employed. And, yeah. you know... I, Ever since I got my degree and I realized that I am a functioning member of society and I can actually contribute and make a decent living, I don't care where I live, man. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. Now, I love Cleveland. I love Cleveland so much. I will shake the tambourine for Cleveland all day long. And I will good, tell everybody. Good. And every time I invite a friend here from my hometown mm-hmm. and I bring them up here and I show them the city, they're like, oh, my God. Cleveland's fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and you know what? And they're right because I show them the cool stuff. Cleveland's awesome. Now, there are things about Cleveland that sucks, that's for sure, football team especially, but there's lots of cool stuff. You so, can say that about any city, though. No, say, no, 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 no. You say, can't go to Foxborough, Massachusetts and say the fo- football team sucks. There's lots of parts of Boston that are like... No, there's... Ter- no, yeah, the, the so, racism so, in Boston is awful. Yeah, so you can go to like lot of, lots of... Every city has its good and its bad. So, but... Of course. Yeah, I'm, but, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I uh, uh, You cheated this question, but... Uh, I did cheat, you know why? Because it's my podcast. Yeah. And I started it. Well, you own the question. I own the answer. So... Womp, womp. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm going to actually uh, change my uh, answer a little bit. Um... The, the favorite place I would like to live 20 years from now? Yeah. Dude, any place by a beach. 
I really? Want, you want, want to be a beach guy, dude? I just want no. I don't know. I just like you know the mount, like the mountains. I want the mountains. Yeah. I just want the chill. I just, just want to wake up, and I don't care about you know people around there. I just want to go to the beach, sit down. I want to hear the waves, and I want a little bit of a hill or a mountain. Like I, I have this place that I went to when I was eighteen years old. Right. In India, in a place called Goa, and I know the exact spot which I have to go this year or next year because that's the, that's the exact. I know the exact moment when I wanted to like see the world and leave. Yeah. leave. So I know that spot and what we were doing, and that's for a different. Um, let's we'll say that for a different time. Sure. But uh, yeah, give me a beach and just give me white sand or any kind of sand and just some uh, something to drink and eat, and I can just relax. Well, I think that's about time. So. As much as I hate to end this, and I do, I've had a great time with the very, 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 very first episode of Big and Brown in Claytown with my buddy Ro. It's fantastic. Thank it's, you it's so much, fun. Ro. This, yeah, dude, it was good. This man helped me build this podcast, and it's probably stinking right now, but we're going to get better mm-hmm. every... It's our first one. Yeah. It's our first one. So um, if you're in Cleveland, pick us up. We are uh, big and brown in Cleetown, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's uh, there's lots we wanna let's say I wanna talk about uh, down the road, and uh, this is fun. Uh, what they don't see is that uh, we've just gone through like a half a bottle of whiskey and a half a bottle. Dude, of- you ser- dude, don't lie. You literally had like a half an ounce of Johnny Walker Black. It was half a glass. Okay. It was no half an ounce. I saw the bottle when you yeah. broke. <laughs> You're lying all over your plate. What the hell, man? All right, peace. Until the next episode, we'll see you later on Big and Brown in Cleetown. If you enjoyed today's episode, give us a follow on Twitter at Big and Brown CLE. That's Big and Brown CLE. Music for Big and Brown in Cleetown provided by bensound.com Oh, that's Biggie Biggie. He loves you so much. Pick him up. Oh, he'll get hair all over you. That's okay. Hi, monkey. He's the most social one. You're such a monkey.